Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Here we go, another Football by Numbers bonus edition of the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, and this time it's jersey number 47. We have a couple Hall of Famers, and the rest are not in the Hall of Fame yet, but you'll find out our top 10 coming up in a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. This is your host, Darren Hayes, and we're podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron, one day at a time. So with Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff supplying us with their tunes, let's go no huddle through today's football history headlines. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PixieAndDispatch.com, and we have a special bonus edition of the Football by Number series, and we're going to go over the greatest players that wore jersey, wait for it, 47. And we have some great ones for you today. It's going to be a solo mission, just me talking tonight, but we just want to ask you and tell you, welcome once again to the Pigpen, because there are some great 47s in NFL history, and we're going to try to find them the most substantial ones to share with you tonight and uh, we'll start off with the hall of fame the pro football hall of fame tells us the numbers of players that they have uh, within their bronze bust collection of canton and we only have one tonight that the pro football hall of fame says we're number 47 kind of unbelievable only one and that is the great mel blount who uh played with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a cornerback from 1970 all the way to 1983. And Blount was found by a Hall of Fame contributor that went in this year, Bill Nunn, uh, who was a legend of uh, scouting, as he went down and looked the... uh, the traditionally black colleges and look for players down there where nobody else was doing that in the early uh, 70s or late 60s and he went to Southern University and according to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and Pittsburgh used the info that gained by their lead scout none uh, to steal Mel Blount in the third round of the 1970 NFL draft. He stood six foot three and weighed in at 205 pounds. And the oversized corner would play a physical game, wearing down many wide receivers in the league during his 14-year career. Uh, Blount was an All-Pro in four different times in the 1975 NFL defensive most valuable player and he started 200 of 201 games in his career that's amazing for a cornerback and he played and made in five pro bowls had 57 career interceptions with 736 return yards off of them and recovered 13 fumbles by his opponents now that is just truly a great hall of fame career you know with the five pro bowls two times as an all pro i don't know if we mentioned that but 57 interceptions and he was a a big man for a corner uh, even in today's uh, light you know six foot three 205 that's a big man uh, playing corner against some small receivers you know back then the receivers were probably you know 170 pounds 180 pounds uh and 
but he could run too. He could keep up with them, and that's why he was so successful, plus his uh, physical style of play, which was legal back then. Remember, they were allowed to pop the uh, receivers more than five yards down the field legally and uh, get away with it. And Mel Blount will be our first player in our greatest uh, top 10 uh, number 47 NFL history. Another one that's probably going to get in there is John Lynch. And John Lynch is another great defensive back. Uh, played a little bit after uh, Mel Blount. Uh, many of you remember him. He came in in 1993 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Played all the way to 2007 with the Denver Broncos. So, you know, he had 11 years with Tampa, uh, four years with the Denver Broncos. And he um, ended up make, being a two-time All-Pro himself, nine Pro Bowls for him. And uh, he is also now in the Hall of Fame. Uh, failed to mention him, but he is also in the Hall of Fame uh, going in uh, just recently. And uh, you know, another outstanding player uh, to go in there. He had 26 interceptions during his career, 204 return yards, but he was just a physical uh, presence uh, you know, coming up and uh, coming in the box. You know, his tackles, he had 1,059 total tackles, 727 of them were solo tackles. So he was an in the box safety, plus he had a, a little bit of he could play uh, against the tight ends and uh, in coverage, but uh, love to hit people. A great number 47, and he is. That's why he is our number two player in the uh, top 10. And I apologize, he is also in the Hall of Fame. That was just a recent uh, entry, so we have two number 47s in the Hall of Fame. Joey Brown is another interesting player we want to talk about that wore number 47 for a good portion of his career, 10 different seasons, and he came in with Minnesota uh, in 1983 and played with Tampa Bay for one season in 1992 at the tail end of his career, so nine years as a Viking. And he had 37 interceptions, 465 return yards off those, three touchdowns, six-time Pro Bowler, three times as an All-Pro, all Hall of Fame 1980s team. Uh, That's a pretty good record there for a defensive back. And he is going to be our third player in our top 10 of the greatest number 47s. Now, I'm going to talk about uh, Leroy Irvin. And not a lot of people probably have heard about Irvin, but he's another good player and a good defensive back. Had uh, two Pro Bowls to his credit, two times as an All-Pro. Came in 1980 with the Rams and played with them for 10 seasons and one final year with the Detroit Lions. And 35 interceptions, 676 yards off of them, five scores. Uh, Just phenomenal there and he recovered uh looks like uh, 13 fumbles from his uh opponents so another uh, guy that just liked to get his ball hands on the ball and uh take over possession for his team and that's what makes him our fourth player in our top 10 going in as our greatest number 47s uh ryan mcneil another very interesting player and ryan came into the nfl as a defensive back in 1983. A lot of players come in 1983. I'm sorry, 1993 with the Detroit Lions. Played four seasons with them. Uh, played a couple years in St. Louis. A year in Cleveland. Uh, went to Dallas for a year. San Diego for a couple. And a final year in Denver, 2003. And he had 31 interceptions. 
uh, 312 yards off of them, two touchdowns, 447 his entire career. Uh, that spans up to, you know, 11 years. So had some great longevity under 699 tackles, 565 of those were solo. And, boy, he's uh, got a great shot of getting in here. And I uh, I think we're going to put him in because uh, that's, that's some pretty good numbers. And uh, we'll go to our next player that we're going to talk about is uh, Glenn Blackwood. And Glenn wore that number for uh, nine seasons also. Uh so he had quite a quite a length of time wearing the number 47 and he was a Miami Dolphin his entire career came in in 1979 final season 1987 with the Dolphins 29 interceptions 398 yards returned off of them one touchdown uh, did not make any Pro Bowls though and I think that's going to probably make us put him on standby here to, to look at some of our other players that we've got coming up and one of them being Greg Jackson Greg Jackson double-digit years, 12 seasons overall, wearing the number 47. Uh, so some great longevity wearing that jersey. And he came in in 1989 with the New York Giants, uh, stayed there for five years, went to Philadelphia for a couple, New Orleans for a cup of coffee, and then the San Diego Chargers uh, made home for him for four seasons, the last four of his career up to 2000. And he had 32 interceptions, 329 returns off of them, uh, two touchdowns, very similar numbers uh, to Mr. Glenn Blackwood. And I think we're going to put them both on standby. And we'll want to talk about uh, Johnny Morris, who is another outstanding player, another double-digit years with number 47. Now, Johnny Morris uh, was a flanker and a halfback. He did make one Pro Bowl, and he was an All-Pro one year, and he also was an NFL champion. Came in in 1958 with the Chicago Bears, played there all the way to 1967 uh, with some great teams and that the Bears championship team uh, when they won that. And he uh, has some impressive numbers, uh, 356 receiving Receptions for over 5,000 yards, 31 touchdowns receiving, five touchdowns rushing with over 1,000 yards for his career. And that's some pretty decent numbers. And I think we're going to put him in with that because of having the hardware of uh, making uh, those all pros and a Pro Bowl. So he's our sixth player in. And we've got a couple on standby. Uh, Charlie Stooks, uh, a name that I wasn't real familiar with until I did a little bit of research on him. He's a defensive back, had 32 interceptions, 443 return yards, was a Super Bowl champion and an NFL champion as he played for the Baltimore Colts from 1967 all the way to 1972 and then spent two years, 73 and 74, with the Rams. And... You know, those, those numbers are very comparable to our, our other defensive backs, except he's got a little bit of hardware from winning championships with it. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to take a look at him, too, and not put him in yet, because he's very close to Glenn Blackwood and Greg Jackson's uh, numbers. Sherman Smith, though, is another uh, guy I want to talk about here with a, is a defensive back. And he is uh, also... Uh, sorry, we got the wrong, wrong guy. The wrong card came up. Um, Sherman Smith has uh, was a great running back, 834 rushes, 3,520 yards, 28 touchdowns, and he had another uh, 20, almost 2,400 yards receiving, uh, pretty outstanding, 4.2 yards per carry uh, on those, and the 28 touchdowns, like we said, came out of uh, Miami of Ohio, so it was a, a MAC player, and uh, you know, pretty good numbers there. But uh, we'll have to keep an eye on Sherman Smith. I'm not sure that he's going to make it into our 
our top ten. But maybe G Jesse Witten when Wittenton will. Jesse Wittenton. What a T's and N's in that name. And uh, he played from 1956, came in the league with the Rams, played for two years, and in the rest of his career, the last seven years of his career, was a Green Bay Packer. He was a two-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, two-time NFL champion uh, with the Pack. 24 interceptions, 443 yards, two touchdowns. Now, he has a few less interceptions, played in a different era, but two Pro Bowls, one All-Pro. I don't know. That uh, that speaks to volumes to me. I think we're going to put him in as our seventh player on our list here. And we'll go through a couple more here until we talk about uh, who we're going to complete our top ten with. And Kent uh, McCullaghan, uh, McClellan, I guess if you say it, McClellan, uh, he was another player, a defensive back, 1965 to 1970 with the Oakland Raiders, so pretty much an AFL defensive back, but made two Pro Bowls, two times as an All-Pro, and an AFL championship, 15 interceptions, uh, 96 yards off of those. And I, Boy, he's definitely got the hardware, but they are AFL numbers. I'm going to put him under consideration, I think. I'm not giving that to him quite yet uh, because he's very uh, a little bit less numbers than uh, the other guys do that we talked about. But Cedric Mack is uh, another guy we want to talk about. And Mack, you know, I can remember him. He was a good, solid defensive back. Uh, came in with uh, St. Louis in 1983. Played with them for five years. Played with the Phoenix Cardinals. Uh, after that, St. Louis Cardinals, the Phoenix Cardinals. Longtime Cardinal. San Diego Chargers for a year. And in Kansas City and New Orleans at the end of his career. He had 20 interceptions, 178 yards off of those. And probably is not going to make it because doesn't have any all pros or anything to go with that. But definitely a good player. And our last one we're going to talk about is Ronnie Coleman. And uh, Ronnie... I had some interesting numbers, too, as a running back. uh, 700 rushes, 2,769 yards rushing, 4.0 yards per carry, uh, 16 touchdowns. And he also had uh, over 1,200 yards receiving with another six TDs. Uh, Probably not good enough to get him in with this class of uh, some great players. And uh, just looking down through here, you know, some big names, a big college name, Tyrone Wheatley, but really didn't have an impressive year in the NFL. We'll just take a peek at his numbers. But uh, I know he went to the Giants uh, for a little while. He was a, a Giant for four seasons, then went with the Oakland Raiders for another six years. And he, uh, not too bad, 4,900 yards rushing, 40 touchdowns. Uh, that's not too shabby. Uh, but the number 47 he only wore for uh, six of those seasons. So we'll, we'll keep him under consideration, but not sure that he's going to get on there with that, those numbers. And that's, um, that's pretty much it for the substantial players. So, so far we have seven players in. Mel Blount, John Lynch, Hall of Famers, Joey Browner, Leroy Irvin, Ryan McNeil, uh, Johnny Morris, and Jesse Wintington. Wintington uh, are our top seven. And we have some guys that we want to go back and reconsider. We have Glenn Blackwood, Greg Jackson, uh, Sherman Smith, Charlie Stooks, uh, Kent McClellan. And I think we're going to go with... Uh, I'm going to put uh, Charlie Stooks in because I... I his numbers were a little bit uh, better. He had some of those all pros uh, in uh, Pro Bowls with him. Same with uh, Kent McClellan. He's going to be our ninth player in. And, you know, we've got to take a pick here for our last guy to get in here. And 
Oh boy, I think I might just go with. Um, I think we'll go with Tyrone Wheatley because those 40 touchdowns were definitely significant for the teams he played with the Raiders and the Giants. And uh, there you go. There's our top 10 greatest number 47s in NFL history. We're glad you joined us once again. We hope you're enjoying this series. Uh, We'll be back uh, in a day or two with the number 48s. uh, Another solo mission there. But then we start uh, having a guest. You know, we have Joe Ziemba and uh, Rich Smelter and uh, some George Bozica is going to come up with our number 40s. And we're going to have a lot of fun this coming week. So you want to make sure a lot of great guests and a lot of talk uh, coming up here, getting into those uh, late 40s and early 50s numbers. And I think you'll enjoy it with the great players that we talk about, too, and some excellent stories. So make sure you check us out tomorrow. Check us out on pigskindispatch.com. And if you have any questions, Questions or think maybe we missed somebody, write us at pigskindispatch at gmail.com and we will be sure to make a correction on a future episode. We thank you for joining us once again. Check us out on pigskindispatch.com and sportshistorynumber.com. Till tomorrow, everybody, have a great gridiron day. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. A special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. of the Pittsburgh Guardian newspaper circa 1924. But for Marla Delft, assistant editor, everything was about to change. For she was about to discover the awesome attractiveness of Row 1 brand retro sports paraphernalia items thanks to Orville Mulligan, sports writer. And there it is. Wow, Orville, that's really the bee's knees. Isn't it just? A poster-sized replica of the actual 1909 World Series program cover. I can see that. But where did you get it? And where'd you get it framed? I ordered it from the Row 1 website, where over 6,000 items of sports memorabilia from the 1880s to the 1990s are available for reproduction in multiple sizes and in several different materials, with over a dozen styles of frame to choose from for prints like this. Well, I'm sure Mr. Delft would love to put up more of these in the office. But I'm equally as sure they're beyond this newspaper's budget. Not at all, my dear Marla. See for yourself. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com slash row one. Sportshistorynetwork.com slash row one. Oh my, these are good prices. Oh, and look at this stuff. Oklahoma, Nebraska football. College basketball art. Michael Jordan items. And so it was that Marla Delft discovered the spondiferous magic of row one sports memorabilia arts and prints. You can, too, by visiting sportshistorynetwork.com slash row one. That's R-O-W number one today for access to the full row one catalog of gallery prints and gifts like t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, telephone cases, coffee mugs.
blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Act today for a 15% discount off all prints with coupon code SHN15 and 20% off all other items with coupon code SHN20 at checkout. And keep your dial locked to the Sports History Network for the exciting chronicles of the 1920 sports world in Orville Mulligan, Sports Writer, coming soon. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.